Welcome to the Austin Forum Upload, where we explore pervasive and emerging technologies and their influence and impact on society. In this series, we upload direct to you information, opinions, and insights from thought leaders, experts, and creatives from Austin and beyond. They'll share their perspectives through conversations, interviews, debates, discussion, and more. I'm Jay. I'm John. And I'm Huli. And we co-produce the upload for the Austin Forum on Technology and Society. Today we have with us Ashley Stroud Phillips, Managing Director of Impact Hub Austin. Welcome, Ashley. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. We're, we're excited to have you. I'm excited to be able to talk to our listeners about Impact Hub because it's like nothing I've, I've seen before. I mean, we talk about accelerators all the time. We talk about incubators. We talk about co-working spaces. But Impact Hub is really in a space by itself. Talk, talk to me about what that means to you. Sure. So Impact Hub is a, a physical and social infrastructure for social good and social enterprise in the world. And so we are a community of over 100 units uh, all over the world the world all over the world 50 countries six continents and it's all it's people that are coming together to uh, collaborate and to scale their not just their tech businesses but also their 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 companies that um, enhance the world around them so we are focused on making sure that the resources that we have as individuals and as companies are also used to enhance the world around us well, that's in short supply right now. So yeah. I'm grateful to hear that Impact Hub is doing that work. As the Forum for Technology and Society, totally. we're, we're obviously interested in that collision, right? That place where those two worlds intersect. And I think Impact Hub is tapping into that in a really fascinating way. And I know community is a big part of how you've structured your business. Talk to me about why community is important. Sure. And um, when you say community, what I hear and what we um, understand at Impact Hub is uh, are those is that uh, that that thing that's created when people are in relationship with one another yes. and are working together and have um, built something that is um, reciprocal. We are we are a group of people that's based on reciprocity, and lots of ways when people come in, we say, "What do you want to get from this community? What do you want to give this community?" Mm-hmm. We believe um, and are guided by three values all across the world and all the impact hubs. The first one is trust. We trust each other to do what we say we're going to do. The second one is courage. We have the courage to do the hard things, to ask the hard questions, to be wrong and to fail, and um, in collaboration. Trust, courage, and collaboration. Um, Because if we want to look at and address these arguably intractable problems, we cannot do that by ourselves. We have to collaborate with with lots of others. So those are the three things, and all three of those uh, values are inherently built um, in relationship with people. So they don't come out of nowhere. Um, and they aren't built overnight. So we structure our physical places to try and um, create serendipity so that um, impact and transformation can happen. So I think one of the things that, that we all can agree on is that there's, there's still a gap between innovation and, and this human inventiveness and, and this natural curiosity and the outcomes that do good for others and take care of other human beings. Mm-hmm. And and there are so many good people doing this work, but the opportunity 
for, for that serendipity, for that way for innovation to change quality of life, that happens with trust mm-hmm. and cooperation. And so all of that makes sense. So before we started recording today, we were chit-chatting and, and talking about things in the world like the, the Thai boys, the mm-hmm. soccer team mm-hmm. that was uh, trapped in the cave and all of the different ways that people were trying to help them. And you had a really interesting observation about that. Yeah, well, I, my observation, my thought is, is a lot of people might know that when there are all these different um, ideas being thrown out there and trying to figure out how do we rescue these boys, uh, Elon Musk was a part of that um, and was prototyping a, a submarine. And um, then there was a little bit of fallout between uh, some of the divers and the managers and Elon Musk. And it was, and it was, it was this for me. It was this um, moment of like that really showed kind of what happens in tech in the world right now. There's these, there's this idea of, there's all these applications for technology um, onto real issues. And there is typically, there can be some resistance or there can be some um, um, back and forth about it that is seems to be lacking in trust or, yeah, we don't need that. Thank, thanks again for your for your technology, but it's actually not gonna work here with, with, our, with our quote, quote clients or with our um, customers, mm-hmm. the people in need. Um, and sometimes it does, and sometimes it doesn't. But I, I feel like there's this there's this layer of trust and humanity that has not really been talked about a lot with this kind of tech revolution. And I was reading an article, and I I grasped this last quote of the article, and I literally have it on one of my notepad sticky, my electronic sticky pads on mm-hmm. my um, desktop, and it says. Quote, if Silicon Valley, insert tech, insert Austin, insert whatever you want, but if Silicon Valley wants to help the world, there is a lot it can do, starting with making its own products safer and its own companies more just. But perhaps the most important thing it can do is develop respect for hard-earned expertise in areas other than its own. And I think that just spoke to this need all across the board for people's experiences and perspectives and understandings and um, uh, the things that they know um, uh, to be honored and to be given a place at the table if it's even if it's not tech related there is a lot of energy around um, this technological revolution smart cities and I'm so glad because I believe in the wielding of that for good <laughs> you know it's a neutral party mm-hmm. technology is a neutral entity and it's how we use it. And I just think that um, in lots of ways, uh, access to this kind of new toy of technology and its rapid, its rapid progression has not been democratized to a lot of people. So I have a relationship with tech that is a lot different than somebody else's. And so I don't have maybe as much, um, uh, I don't have as much skepticism about it, or mm-hmm. I, can, I, can, I can play around with it and know what I'm risking or not. Um, but I do think there's also just, it, 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 it has, a, has a time and place for it. And it, I, I think that the community at large um, would really benefit from just understanding that it's not the savior of the world. Um, and it can be applied in so many great ways and it actually could do a lot of good. Um, but it might take some relationship building before that mm-hmm. happens. 
and trust oh, and trust and collaboration and courage yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. well as, as i'm thinking about that philosophy and i'm thinking about the work that impact hub has been doing in as accelerators accelerators and incubators seem to be a dime a dozen these days yeah. right um, but that doesn't mean that everybody knows what they are so if you were uh an emerging entrepreneur mm-hmm. and you were looking for a place to grow your business yep. and take it to the next level how how would you tell someone to to evaluate an accelerator versus an incubator and how they know they're ready for one or the other oh my gosh that is a good question so from a very just kind of basic vocabulary understanding you know um, accelerators typically are shorter um, and time constraints and uh, three to four months and they are banking on this idea of a limited amount of time with a bunch of resources pumped into them to exactly what it says, accelerate what's already working. Mm-hmm. And incubators um, are growing something. They're smaller, they are, usually they're longer amounts of time. Mm-hmm. Um, Austin Technology Incubator, sometimes their cohorts go on for one or two years. Right. Um, um, and it's a different, some of those verticals are different. They're looking at different you know, biomedical things and stuff like that. So incubators typically are longer, accelerators are shorter. Um, and so in that vein, if you're an early stage company, it would make sense that you would probably look to find an incubator. But I think that th- those words have been are used interchangeably and so what interesting ex- uh, mm-hmm. in lots of ways and what I think accelerator ultimately means is do you want to do more quicker do you want to do more quicker in your early stage do you want to do more quicker in your mid stage and so I think what would be helpful for a new emerging entrepreneur is find out uh, uh, accelerators in town they each kind of have a niche um, and find out which one kind of speaks to you because it's not necessarily about the curriculum. You can find curriculum on LeanStack. You can find ideas and the Lean Canvas and, and go to different classrooms and curriculum, and you can find mm-hmm. a lot of that. It's about what is the who do you want to do a, a, a course with? What's the community? What's the follow-on? Um, if you need funding, um, if you want, uh, if it's the mentorship, what is it that you're valuing and that you really need? Mm-hmm. Um, and then match that to the the program that you're looking for, if that makes sense. I, I would say, I would say that it's less about you know the the worksheets, not the worksheets, but it's less about the 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 sage on the stage giving you information, and it's more about what kind of access to relationships and community and people um, are you going to get, and how are you going to be supported through the process? And we're going back to those core values again, right? Yeah. So, yeah, so yeah, yeah. when we look at the accelerators that Impact Hub has launched, you're getting ready to start your third, mm, which yes. is very exciting. Yes. I was lucky enough to be just tangentially involved in the first one, which was about affordable housing, which is a problem certainly across the country, but it's one we're sensitive to sure. in, here in Austin, Texas, with, with more than 100 new people moving here every day and not 100 houses being built every day. Um, we've gone from kind of this sleepy town to the 11th largest city in the world in record time and that's caused some some tensions and so your social good outlook and the the idea of an accelerator and pouring resources into Mm -hmm. these these um nonprofits these companies these startups that are interested in solving that problem what did you learn from the first cohort you had all kinds of 
of different sorts of startups from from a data collection yeah. group to a group that was manufacturing 3D homes, <laughs> uh, concretizing, which was a verb I had never heard concretizing, before. Concretizing, yes. Yes. That's great. It's so a, what'd you learn? Um, a lot. Uh, I learned that people might, I learned that even when people are focused on the same issue, um, the, the values that they have, that they look at that issue through are, are different. Mm. And what I, um, and that, that there is, there is a, there is a lot, um, I did know this, but I learned it even more, that there are, there's a lot of, um, uh, these are emotional issues. Mm. Honestly, and and the, when you think about business, um, these businesses that are talking about housing ultimately in people's lives, like um, people don't come at them very lightly, and so there are, is a lot of passion. Social entrepreneurs and enterprise people, there's always a lot of passion, which is great. And then, it, but and and I think what what is what was interesting about it is there was definitely the same kind of intersection of people who have been boots on the ground in kind of the affordability space for their whole professional career mm-hmm. and then people who have um, backed into this space because of the moment in time maybe an expertise that they have something that they became interested in mm-hmm. and there was this colliding of communities again which kind of got me thinking about how we do we create trusting relationships so even though we might not come at this issue with the exact same value set we still believe in the outcome and we can work together yes we have the same target we have the same target and here's the thing the pie is really big around housing and affordability like you the more people, the merrier, you know, the more solutions, the better. There is not going to be a silver bullet in it. So I think I learned um, that that there that people come at it differently. But when you get them all in a, gr- in a room together and you talk about um, the outcomes and the desires and why you're there and your why, your own personal why, that people, um, people come together around it. Mm. Um, I learned that, uh, you know, governments are strapped for bandwidth and they're really excited. What? For, yeah, isn't that crazy? Did you yeah. know that? Um, <laughs> that they are excited to have the nonprofit and private sector support. Right. A, potential partner. A potential partner. And w- another thing that was interesting is we learned when you put an accelerator around an issue, an issue-specific accelerator that is sector agnostic and industry agnostic, um, what you find is the partnerships actually flourish within the space. You would think and um, that, oh, there's probably embedded competition if you're all looking to solve the same issue. But honestly, it didn't happen that way at all. It's like, oh, your data is actually going to make my product better, so let's mm-hmm. partner together. Mm-hmm. Oh, that um, understanding, you have a manufacturing facility. Can I talk to your manufacturing guy? Because you right, know what? about building my about, tiny about, house. Exactly. Yes. So we're going to work together over here. Mm-hmm. Oh, your API data is actually going to help. You know, And people were, were willing to share and to partner together and to because it actually was was better for their for their companies and their ventures and initiatives as well so that was really amazing and that held true for the second accelerator as well yeah talk to me about that one the the second cohort was focused on workforce development Mm -hmm. which is a key priority in austin we just had an article come out in the austin business journal saying we've got thirty six thousand jobless people we've got forty two thousand job openings (laughs) but 
the people seeking the jobs don't necessarily at this point in time have the skills that the employers are seeking. And so what can we do as a community to fill that skills gap? And how, how can we be better matchmakers? How can mm-hmm. we be producing more skilled workers and uptraining people? And how can we be supporting employers so they can grow their businesses? Um, so as this co- cohort, they're getting ready to leave the nest as, yes. as we're recording this. What what are your biggest opportunities as you look at this? So, thank you. It's it's such a it's such a fascinating. I didn't I haven't read that article, so that's so interesting that we have more job openings than we have jobless people. You're like, let's just, it seems like that's such a great fit. Just right? make it happen. Yeah, just... And I realize the skills gap is a, a real thing, um, and I I believe it, and I'm not uh, arguing with it. I also think possibly, um, yeah, possibly it's not the whole thing. Possibly there is a skills gap, but there also is a lack of proximity for these employers and these people who need jobs. We've certainly heard that, yes. Um, And maybe it's just about an inefficiency in um, our uh, building bridges in our communities as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I I think it's probably a little bit of both. Um, One of the things that is very, it's true, and we know, you know, the onset of automation and the disruption of of the workforce going forward. You know, we always talk about the future of work but let's talk about the future of the workforce. We are gonna have a whole ton of people where it is going to be more important that they can adapt than it is the hard, the skills that they actually have. Mm-hmm. And so um, how are we creating a more adaptable um, workforce that has like individual agency and mm-hmm. um, competency for their own like trajectory as an, as an employee for themselves or to, uh, as a, a part of a bigger company. So I think, some of, some of the opportunities uh, is about kind of creating efficiency in an inefficient system. Mm-hmm. And what that looks like, you know, there was a, there was a, a team in the cohort uh, that came out of the Austin Center for Design, and they went through this 10-month kind of design prototyping um, um, program. They came into the Workforce Development Accelerator with um, a version of a digital platform um, targeting opportunity youth or um, um, adults who haven't got a four-year degree and saying, hey, guess what? In order for you to thrive in Austin, you don't have to get a four-year degree. And in fact, there are opportunities other than that. And so what they found were the obstacles was that, one, people didn't got overwhelmed if you wanted to Google something. Sure. Two, um, they didn't know what the options out there were for mm-hmm. their own kind of personal development. And three, resources for those things. And mm-hmm. so uh, the, or the company, the venture is called KeyUp, that has actually created an online um, platform for the digital native to say, here's, here's six questions, you know, what are you interested in? Oh, here's about five opportunities in this area um, in Austin um, that are looking for jobs. Here's what they make. Here's a little bit about what they do. Oh, you're interested in that? Here are places that train for this. Oh, you want to talk to this place? Let's get you on a FaceTime right now. Mm-hmm. Oh, you need resources for tuition? Here are some places that give you resources all in kind of like um, um, in one place. In one place. And and you're, it sounds as though you're giving them the opportunity to skip a step that so many millennials are, are wrestling with, which is student loan debt. Yeah. That that this particular company is saying here you can get from point A to point B with point B being a middle class lifestyle yep. without incurring tens of thousands of dollars in debt. Exactly. Because we can help you we make can help these connections. You. And it's it's not as if to say these skills and training programs are, are completely free. Actually, some of them are. Not all of them are, but they are 
um, much more affordable and accessible than a four-year university and with um, you know financial tools and vehicles that are more accessible to a lower income or socioeconomic uh, community mm-hmm. as well so what's really cool is is this this idea that you can i'm still paying off student loans i mean uh, it's it's an, i came from a relatively privileged background and so this is a real thing the amount of people that still are absolutely st- straddled with student student mm-hmm. debt i would not say i'm straddled with it but it's still on the budget you know what i mean it's still a monthly thing um so that's that's it's that's real and if you can give uh, people an opportunity to live in this world without that that's um, a huge, a huge opportunity. Well, it's about options, options and, and choices, and, choices and, that's right. and giving people the the room and the the space yep. to make those choices. Well, so so then in Austin, we're really wrestling with two things, right? We've got this this housing shortage on one side, and this talent. I'll put shortage in quotation marks, yeah. because there there's so many causes. But we've got those two things coming up. So you're going into cohort three. You've already Attacked affordable housing. Done. You've Solved. Check. <laughs> but but you produce some great company. I mean, yeah, one yeah, of, one yeah. of the startups was um, going to be presenting at the World Economic Forum. Yeah, that's kind of cool. It's pretty amazing. Yes. So then the second group, uh, workforce development. There's some very cool stuff happening mm-hmm. there, and they haven't even graduated. So what are you tackling next? What's Impact Hub Austin looking at next? So... This harkens back to a bit of my, uh, before Impact Hub, I was with a local nonprofit called Leadership Austin. And- uh, Graduated from that program. Oh, best class ever. Uh Uh-huh. Class of 15. Class of 2015. So, and um, I knew Huli from those days, but one of the things that I kind of brought from me there was this, this posture around these intractable issues Mm. that which was um, committed committed to them um, for a bit of time instead of kind of being flash in the pan. Mm-hmm. So what mm-hmm. uh, we've decided to do was we there was a so, lot, so much momentum created around these two cohorts um, is to run the, run the same issues again for the next year, for nice. the next two cohorts. So we're doing affordability again. We actually, we actually pivoted a bit because we learned and, and it was just totally kind of doubled down on this idea that it's not affordability is not just housing it's it's so many other things and Mm -hmm. we're not widening the aperture hugely but we're saying look especially in Austin you have to have some intersection of transit too right so we want to open up this conversation where we're when we're talking about affordability we're talking about housing transit and transportation that intersection Mm -hmm. because those are the two largest expenses for most Austin families Um, and so if we can talk about those in a bucket together Mm -hmm. and how they um, intersect then we're actually going to be making um, more transformation because you can go to Buda and find an quote quote affordable housing, but then add in your transportation costs to get to seven eight exactly. seven four. Exactly, and wear and tear on your vehicle, wear, and I mean and, it actually mm-hmm. becomes unaffordable again. Mm-hmm. You put those two things together, it's a, it's a wash. It's a wash, mm-hmm. or even you're in a worse spot. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, the fall of 2018 is affordability. Spring of 2019 will be workforce again. And that's as much as I have right now. But that's that's pretty ambitious. Thank you. (laughs) We're going for it. And what's really cool is these alumni cohorts now they're a part of the momentum and they are wanting to kind of support and mentor or be even kind of, yeah, be in, in, um, um, support of these next cohorts. So it's kind of making this like really virtuous and generative community. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really fun. So we've talked about what, why you would want to come to Impact Hub as, as an entrepreneur, as a startup, as, yeah. a, as an emerging company. 
if you're more established in your career and you say, you know, I'm working at Cabillion dollar worth company, um, I'm not going to be I'm not going to be starting a startup. But these kids, I really believe in them. How how would you go about being a mentor for some of these programs? Oh, I'd love that. <laughs> uh, well, you would go. Do you want to give out your cell number? You would go exactly. You, you would you could let me know you want to be a mentor. Um, we, I was actually having a conversation earlier today talking about there are kind of the mentors on this accelerator circuit that that are doing it and that are great. Um, and that love it, and but then there's also people that are like really hungry to, to be to, to be of to service. Be of service. Yeah. Um, and maybe haven't been asked 50 times already, and might have a little bit more bandwidth to do it. Mm-hmm. And we haven't tapped that talent and that mentorship yet. So if you would like to um, c- consider, you can go to impacthubboston.com. Um, there is a tab for accelerators and events, and there's a mentor form in there if you're interested in mentoring. And you, you could, could do that in Barcelona, and you could do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah I can, I are. can, and I, yeah, I, we are, we are connected to the entire international network of Impact Hubs, so um, I could connect you to any of those. And uh, it's, it's, it is unclear. Most of them have some kind of accelerator program, um, and some of them don't. Some of them are focused on uh, just kind of supportive kind of business services for, for small businesses and, and startups. Um, some of them focus on kind of uh, community activism and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But what's great is that each Impact Hub gets to respond to the community that they're in and then grow Fantastic. from there. Mm-hmm. Well, I I wanted to wrap up with one last question because I'm thinking about some of the folks that we've interviewed for this podcast and they're like, I was born with the protractor and they, they, I, you know, I I was engineering my way out of my crib when I was 18 months old and, and not everybody takes that path, but there's still a place for them in tech. So there's this book called the the fuzzy and the techie that I got. Oh my gosh, I need to read it. No, yes, but that sounds amazing. I'll lend you my copy. Thank you. It's fantastic. But I wanted to check in with you and say, so you know, when you were in high school, you I'm sure you weren't thinking, I'm going to be running a social good technology incubator. (laughs) And so, how how did you get here? so, so thank you. So I have a bit of a kind of STEM background. My father's an engineer. Um, I was always really good at math. Um, not that that's a thing that you have to be, but I, but then I went um, to grad school and had my degree in world religion and communication. So you know that's oh very tech centric. <laughs> um, and so I think a lot of it, I, I found my way into it because the whole world has found their way into it. It's not you can't ignore it anymore. And I think the idea is I, I kind of backed into it. I came from this more kind of nonprofit um, um, executive management and, and development and community organizing around issues of equity and um, 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 social social justice. And I was like, what? Well, the whole world is utilizing tech, and Austin has this huge is this huge like kind of economic boom. Uh, we have human capital, we have financial capital, we have this tech ecosystem. Why don't we leverage that for social good? Why don't we leverage that for the for all of the community and here in Austin? Um, they're just and it just seemed to make sense. This is the this is the new way the world works, and it's a neutral tool, and I'm going to use it in the way that I have in the way that feels good to my soul and that I believe is necessary so <laughs> I, that's how I got into tech because you can't not be in tech and be relevant isn't that the truth it yeah sure feels that way doesn't it it does and I, I say that a little bit with an asterisk um 
you can be relevant, and tons of people are not uh, in tech and relevant. But I, but my I, my thought is that I want us to, I want us to make sure that as tech becomes um, not just an industry in and of its own, but it crosses every industry. It does. Um, that we. Um, are being able to utilize it for what we want, for the service mm-hmm. of people and planet, business mm-hmm. and profit and the service of people and planet, not the other way around. Mm-hmm. Um, because we're here to, uh, to enjoy life and change the world and, and to have businesses and passions and, and come up with really cool things and not to, um, and be in the service of us. Business in the service of us, not the other way around. Yeah, te- so. Tech is a multi-tool. That's right, that's right. It's so. for everything. Yeah. That is a great point. Ashley, and I'd, I'd love to hear your thoughts on kind of the flip side of that, right? Because every entrepreneur is facing this tension, I want to do something good and meaningful, and I also want to pay back my student loans. I want yep. to make money. I want to be uh, prosperous. Where? How do we thread that needle? Right. So... That's a really good question. I think that I think we're grappling with that. And when I say we, I, th- I would say this generation, where you, you find um, this this corporations being asked to have a more of a, a, a an impact metric for themselves. What Blackstone CEO said: If you're not doing this on all my portfolio companies, then you, you know get out of here and then you know on the flip side philanthropy is asking to be or people are asking it to operate with more stronger business concept to be more sustainable so there's this movement from these um, from these two poles towards the middle and I think what what you're realizing is that people are really interested at the intersection of money and meaning um, I think money is not a money is a reward it is not a motivator it is um, a sustainability metric for what you're doing in the world it is a way to show success it, it gives you something but it is not the be-all end-all money is, is, is the way we can um, continue um, to living and enjoying so I think what but we can also, we're not going to be able to do that if we don't also think about kind of implications and outcomes of, of you know, our, our business structure. So there's actually a couple things I'll, I'll plug here when I think about the merging of um, money and meeting. One is called the, the third term sheet or the world positive term sheet. And I don't know if it's just conceptual or I, I think that some venture um, funds even ask for it. And the idea is that they want to know what your core values are, um, what your stance on diversity, equity, and inclusion is, how are you building diverse management teams and um, mm-hmm. um, sharing uh, sharing platform and power to people um, that have historically not been given equity building opportunities. And then the third one is sustainability. How will your business tread lightly on the planet? So this idea of there is a different way to build a business. It doesn't even have to have solve a problem. Just don't do no harm and, and, and do something. Don't with, be evil. Don't be evil. <laughs> have some ethics. Build a great business. Make a lot of money. Enjoy your life. But you mm-hmm. don't have to do that. Um, and um, um, be, be evil or whatever that means. You know, I, 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 I am not... Um, Saying that you, you can't make a lot of money, mm-hmm. uh, money is not the problem. Um, it's it's you know it's it's wanting that at the at the without caring about all the other pieces. So world positive term sheet, and then the other thing is, and a lot of people will probably know this is the rise of the the B Corp. Um, mm-hmm. So right, 
for, I don't even know when that was, six, 10 years ago. But typically, you're incorporated, you have a fiduciary responsibility to, to maximize that bottom line, and you're actually legally responsible and could be sued if you, if you, if you right. did anything other than do that. So our legal systems were set up for you not to care about anything but the financial bottom line. So in fact, whether this actually happened or not, like you weren't not incentivized, and it was against the law for you to um, chase something other if you were an incorporated company. So <laughs> this idea that we can have two bottom lines, we can care about our impact in the world, we can care about money. And guess what? They can live in one body, they can live in one um, company, and they don't have to be fighting each other. Well, thank you so much for spending the time to talk with us today and, and to share the story of Impact Hub with our listeners because I think it is so unique. It's so very Austin, but it's also very much of our time mm. mm-hmm. right now. This idea of, of leveraging tech as a tool to change the world for yeah. the better. And I'm, I'm excited to know somebody who's right there in the thick of it. So. Mm, thank you so much. I really appreciate being here. And I just I appreciate the city and that it, it lets people try crazy things and supports that. So um, yeah, happy to be here. Happy to be talking to you guys. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the Austin Forum Upload. You can listen to additional episodes and check out a schedule of our monthly in-person events at austinforum.org. The Upload is a production of the Austin Forum on Technology and Society, a nonprofit organization here in Austin, Texas.